Welcome to Dashway Talks, a show powered by Dashway Consulting, a China-based strategic market research company founded in 2010. Hi, everyone. My name is Steve Hopkins. I've been operating within the Chinese fintech industry for the past several years,、uh, working at Chinese hedge funds, robo advisors, cryptocurrency investment banks, and wealth tech startups across mainland and Hong Kong. I've been studying Chinese language and culture for the past ten plus years, and the co-founder of the China Guys. TCG is a firm full of professional Chinese watch, China watchers that track regulatory, economic, and policy updates within China's business landscape, and present them in digestible, bite-sized pieces through newsletters and research articles. For clients with more specialized needs, we also provide tailored consultative services within the Chinese market. We're newly started, but I would love if anyone listening to this would check us out at thechinaguys.com. I'm excited to be presenting this、uh, talk for Dostray Consulting,、uh, and let's get started. What problems do fintech solutions attempt to solve in modern banking? So I think before you、uh, ask about what fintech, what、uh, problems fintech. Solutions are trying to alleviate in modern society. You you kind of need to get a base of reference. So fintech、um, as a class sort of has its roots in the early 1900s, where the very you know what people think are is the very first instance of fintech technology, not as we know it, but、uh, as the world saw it, was as A transfer of orders for the purchase of stock over telegraph, and that happened in early 1900s. I think it was something like 1906, 1908.、Uh, and so you can kind of think about the 1900s early on through maybe the 1970s, 1980s as that first stage of fintech,、uh, where you were more just trying to develop the concept of how to use technology. To further everyday、uh, business operations, phase two was probably from the 1970s, 1980s to the mid 2000s, and so in 1972 you had the Nasdaq,、uh, who you know was pretty innovative and in,、uh, bringing electronic quotations over to these brokerages, the investment banks, etc. Uh, you had E-Trade come on as the first online brokerage, and so I think you can probably classify this stage two as sort of the internetization、uh, of fintech. And then phase three, which is you know the mid 2000s through current, is really what we consider fintech: the digitalization of these products, of these services, which is really just focusing on getting more widespread adoption through、uh, working out the kinks in the system. And so this has been characterized by robo advisors, mobile payments, digital banks, that sort of thing. Things that are, you know, kind of the common industry buzzwords now for for everyone who's following the fintech industry. So you know, just like that, I think that fintech as an industry,、uh, people try to oversimplify it by saying fintech does this, fintech does that, and you know, the reality is that. Fintech does have,、uh, at face value, some simple use cases. So, yes, Robinhood,、uh, a classic example in the states. They're beginning to offer some digital banking services. They got their name as、um, an online brokerage that focused on or targeted millennial clients.、Um, but you know, those those sorts of concepts that were very 
very familiar with. There's also use cases of fintech solutions that are pretty convoluted that we'll talk about a little bit more in this discussion. And so, you know, a classic example over in China is uh, supply chain finance, where you can use basically a blockchain-based uh, platform to work out some of the kinks in supply chain finance and in a very much simplified term, allow SMEs that are deep within big corporation supply chains get access to much needed funding and capital liquidity. And so, you know, this is all to say that FinTech is just a very broad phrase for saying it's finance plus technology using technology to uh, work out some of the kinks within the financial system as we know it. What is special about China's fintech market? So I, I think that China is very unique um, in the broader sense that the Chinese market is pretty isolated. Uh, there's a lot of cultural language barriers. That means that it's just a little bit more complex to break into for foreign entrants. Um, and, you know, because of that, there's a few more complexities that you need to think about when you're trying to operate within China, uh, whether you're a natural Chinese firm or a foreign player trying to operate within Chinese market. Um, but within that, there's also, along with these complexities, there's a lot of uh, a lot of benefits within uh, the operations of the Chinese market. So, if you're already within the market, you have fair, fewer barriers of entry uh, into the financial industry as opposed to a few comparable Western counterparts. Uh, there's a lot of central support through regulation, through easy access to capital and liquidity, as long as your fintech solution is aligned with uh, the central government's uh, key areas of focus and the country's overall development priorities. And I think probably the, the last most notable one is that the Chinese domestic market is huge. Just think about the population of China, 1.5 billion people. And yeah, you can kind of segment that out to say, well, the vast majority of these, uh, of the firm FinTech players aren't going to be trying to access this entire market as a whole. But think about this, as of 2018, over 800 million Chinese consumers had internet access and 98 of that was through mobile devices, which means this is a massive market of potential users that really bring an opportunity for firms that find the right channels to get their message out, have a product that can actually provide some, some value to people's lives. It brings them a huge opportunity for explosive growth. The type of stuff that, you know, the unicorn stories that you hear about uh, are made of. What have the US and other countries learned from China's fintech scene? It's a good question. Um, there's definitely an attitude of healthy competition between uh, what I would call Eastern and Western fintech circles. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I think that fintech, the whole purpose of fintech is that it's a little bit broader than arbitrary borders. Um, and so everyone across the globe, whether you're in the West or the East, is constantly studying each other learning what they can from use cases uh, and other companies' successes and failures. 
So, you know, on a broader level, uh, I, I think a more interesting question is probably, you know, what is sort of the one or two main takeaways that uh, have really unified players within the fintech market? And so remember that players are not necessarily only uh, startups or companies that are providing these fintech solutions, but also educational, uh, educational facilities, uh, governments, etc. I think probably one lesson really rings louder than most. It, on a very broad level, uh, I think a lot of countries across the globe are beginning to recognize that while regulation is certainly needed for consumer protections, particularly within the financial industry, uh, it can directly uh, impede innovation. And so, you know, kind of the, the solution that regulators have come to try to walk that line is to establish regulatory sandboxes, which are just basically frameworks that are meant to spur innovation by lowering regulatory hurdles for innovators. Um, and so what this really means is that, you know, these specific areas, the regulators within these specific areas will allow these companies to come register with them, gain access to a controlled environment where they can get relaxed, uh, relaxed exposure to legal uh, limitations and restrictions. They can test their products and their services with a confined user base. And, you know, they, they can basically have an easier operating environment for a set amount of time. And so uh, these, this kind of advancement of regular regulatory sandboxes uh, are pretty important development for not only the global fintech scene, but I would say probably the broader technology industry in that it just gives a little bit more breathing room to these firms that are already playing against the odds, uh, just gives them a little bit more freedom in operations and a little bit more uh, autonomy to, to really try to bring innovation to the industry. Where are China's fintech hubs? Yeah, so uh, China, you know, every city really has its own pocket of uh, fintech players, of a fintech culture, but I, I think if you're just talking broadly, you know, it, there's a few main ones. Beijing, which has Zhongguanshun and Chaoyang. Hangzhou, which has the big players, obviously. Shenzhen, Chengdu, which is an emerging startup, uh, startup haven for fintech players. Uh, and, you know, China, or at least the central government is putting a lot of time, effort, and resources into developing what they hope is going to become the next central fintech hub, uh, which is Xiong'an. It's a city that's a little bit south of Beijing. And so all of these cities obviously have slightly different undertones. For example, Zhongguanshun, because of its proximity to government within Beijing, is going to have uh, be better for you know some of the fintech firms that are dealing with a little bit more sensitive sorts of products uh, that need that sort of those sorts of bureaucratic relationships, etc. And Shenzhen obviously is right across the harbor from Hong Kong. And so they have a little bit more international of, um, of, um, 
of a perspective of market opportunities, however you want to call it. Uh, but ultimately, all of these places are, are really pretty well blossoming with fintech innovation. Any questions? We will find an expert to answer them. Drop your questions in the comments or send us an email, dx at dashwayconsulting.com.